Here it is, another episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am Mark Jolliffe. Thank you for checking out the show. Big up for everybody who's replied and hit like and reposted, played it, whatever. Even if it was only for five seconds, uh, thank you. (laughs) But I'm really excited to bring you this episode here. I've been a sports fan for a long time. I worked in sports radio for a long time, but I haven't really talked much sports on the podcast. It's been a lot of nerd stuff for the most parts, but that'll change today because I got a chance to talk to former NFL safety, former Chicago Bear, Mark Carrier. So really excited to bring that interview for you, and I'll play it later on in the podcast. Talk a lot about his time with the Bears and with the NFL this year, what to expect and things he's done. So really excited to talk about that. And he even talked about Snoop Dogg a little bit. So there's a lot in there, and I hope you guys enjoy it when I play that for you later on. I do want to touch a little bit on the WWE SummerSlam pay-per-view from last week. Before we get going into the Mark Carrier interview, want to bring up where you can find the show on Twitter at Infinite Banter, on Facebook at Infinite Banter. You can always bother me on Instagram at DJ Soundwave 75. As far as where you can listen to the show, podcast.com, iTunes, Mixcloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, CastBox, Blueberry, Stitcher, Spotify, and I just found out the show is on Chartable. Never heard of it, but uh, Ron, who was on the show last week, he had mentioned that he was listening to it, and I asked, well, how are you hearing it? Where I always want to know where people are listening to it at. And uh, he's like, oh, it's on Chartable. I'm like, what the heck is Chartable? So that's another place that the show ended up on because once you put it on iTunes, they kind of branch it out, or Blueberry, they're very good like that. They'll put it on other mediums. So uh, if you're on Chartable, you'll find it there. Or just Google the show if you don't know where to go or follow the show, whatever. Before I play this Mark Carrier interview, we never, ever start the show until the devastating mic controller DMC says this. Yo, yo, what's up? This is me, DMC, the K-I-N-G, the greatest MC in history. And right now, you're listening to Infinite Banter, because we will banter on forever, because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be. I be Infinite Banter. You're checking out Infinite Banter, and I am pleased to be joined by former Chicago Bears safety, played in the NFL for a long time, three-time Pro Bowler, 1990 NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year. Currently, he's the Associate Athletic Director at Loyola, the one and only number 20, Mark Carrier. How's it going, Mark? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. No, I appreciate it. First thing I wanted to ask you about was the Chicago Bears 100 celebration that was a month or two ago, and I see you made number 72 on that list. What was it like, for one, being at that celebration, and two, just being on the top 100 list with such a prestigious football organization and just so many great names that are on that list with you? Well, it was, it was I mean, being at the, the function, I didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, my given it, getting a chance to go, uh, I knew I was going to see guys I haven't seen for, you know, 20 some odd years that I, you know, I've been away from Chicago for a while and getting back in town. Uh, I was you know, looking forward to it. So I was just going to run into a lot of a lot of former teammates, but then also I'm a fan too. So seeing uh, all the you know the greats and that '85 team and Dick Buckus, Gail uh, Sayers, all you know guys like that. So so it was just just an honor, and I was just overwhelmed, and it was, I was I had a lot of fun. I was glad I got to get back and be part of it. My only complaint about being in '71 is that I'm I'm one behind Kevin Butler. So when you're <laughs> behind a kicker, that just makes you feel like really I couldn't get in front of the kicker <laughs> and all the kickers butthead behind a guy named Butthead makes it even worse. 
<laughs> well, he's a former teammate of yours, so I'm sure you. <laughs> it means a little more to you, yeah. as opposed to like yeah, say yeah. Cody Parkey, the guy yeah. that the city couldn't wait to leave town. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anybody you uh, saw on the current team, like maybe an Eddie Jackson, a guy who plays safety now, that maybe you got a chance to talk to? I didn't get a chance to talk to many of the current players uh, at the time. It's just so much going on. Uh, I did finally. I did uh, actually. I got to meet and, and I walked in with uh, Cleo Mack, and I'm just and, and what a very humble and nice young man. And then just looking at this kid, thinking, "Oh my gosh, look at this kid! He just, I mean, but what a specimen he is! I mean, I remember seeing him at the University of Buffalo come out. You know, he played up at Ohio State when I was coaching at the Bengals, and and just thinking, man, this kid doesn't know how good he's going to be, and seeing where he's at now, and uh, and and then everything you hear from people around him and then meeting him. It's, it's just the nicest young man you can you know, be around. So it was that was a pleasure. But I didn't, did not get a chance to talk to many of the current players. I'm hoping when they, they broke camp, they're back here at Lake Forest, that I'll get a chance to go up there and, and, and meet and see them, uh, a lot of the, new, the current players, current team members. Anybody playing safety currently in the NFL that you like watching play or even, even when you were growing up, anybody like that? Well, I always, I mean, I'm always a Ronnie Lott, Dennis Smith fan. I mean, that goes without saying, being a USC guy, but seeing those two, you know, born those guys playing at USC and then having a chance to see them in, in college, I mean, in the pros while I was in school was, uh, was, was just a spectacular. I think my, my, one of the best things, one of the best times I ever had was I got a chance to when making my first Pro Bowl or one of my Pro one or second Pro Bowl. It was me, Ronnie Lott. Dennis Smith, as well as Tim McDonald, were all part of the Pro Bowl uh, safeties on both squads, and that was just for me. That was you know my 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 Mount Rushmore. Here I am with knowing I'm in the Pro Bowl with all these greats, but I'm also there with three other great SC safeties. So that was just just a highlight for me. And that first year in the league in 1990, you had 10 interceptions, and that's obviously something that helped you win the Defensive Rookie of the Year award. Talk about what it's like being a safety and being, quote-unquote, like a ball hawk. What are the keys to becoming a, a big number interceptor guy? I mean, obviously, one, and, and people joke about me because of my discrepant fingers I have now, is you got to have, you know, one, you got to have good hands. you got to catch the ball when the ball's thrown to you. You know, these, these quarterbacks are paid a heck of a lot of money to not throw the ball to you. So when you do get the opportunity to catch it, you better catch it. And let's not... Let's not kid ourselves. There's a reason when you have 10 interceptions, it's not just you, you know, individually being a ball hawk. Granted, you got to have some, you know, you got to be in the right place at the right time, but it starts up front. I'll be the first person to tell you that, you know, that year that I had 10, we also was like in the top five or three in, in, in the league in sacks and, and quarterback pressures. Uh, you know, Richard Dent uh, was in the top 10 and the top five in sacks that year. I mean, so. It, there's a combination of things that have to go right to make that happen. That's why it doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen every year. There are some common denominators, a, a great pass rush, catch the ball that's going to being in the right position uh, when a chance comes. So there's just so many things, you know, being now having played and, and been good gracious of coaching the NFL for 10 years. There's just an understanding of, hey, how things come together, how things happen. Sometimes you're on and be the best here and then the next it cannot be. So it's, you just got to know when the opportunity comes, you got to make the most of it. And you're a bit of, of a hitter back then, too. I mean, you hit guys. Obviously, you can't do that as much anymore. Uh, the rules have changed a bit. But was there anybody, you know, somebody was hard for you to tackle, somebody you knew they were coming your way and you're like, oh, I'm in trouble with this one? Oh, 
you know what, I got to play against uh, Christian Okoye, who was with the Chiefs at the time, and I think he had to weigh easily. You know, he looked like he weighed 300. I think he was like 260, and he broke through, and it was just me. Me and him, and it wasn't like you couldn't run or hide or make a business decision where maybe I should trip myself. And I went there and just kind of went low and wrapped him up and tackled me. He fell over me. I mean, <laughs> he, he probably ran, you know, in some regard, ran me over, but I made the tackle. So the bottom line is, hey, however you get him on the ground, get him on the ground. That's kind of how I used to tell my players when I coached them is, hey, you know, all that perfect form tackle that you that we practice on, Guess how many times that really happens in the game? Not many. So let's make sure we understand the best and proper way. Get the guy first and foremost. Unless someone's been back there who's done it and has to deal with that in the open field, all that other crap that everybody's trying to tell you how to tackle this and that goes out the window. Get the guy on the ground, live another day, and let's go play. Yeah, I remember when I was in college, I got the opportunity to interview one of your teammates, Joe Kane, and I asked him that same question. He said Jerome Bettis because he had too much ass, so it was too hard to tackle him. Jerome was different where, you know, Jerome's a big guy and he was a powerful runner, but Jerome was, he was soft on, he had really good foot balance. I mean, you would think you run up on him and you're expecting him, you know, be a big hard, like a, hitting like a rock or something. But I remember the one time I first hit him, it wasn't like a, uh, I was expecting to hit a wall. He kind of like gave and didn't gave ground and kind of, and so I hit him and I kind of fell down, went down to the ground a little bit and he kind of bounced off me and just kept running because uh, he was a little bit, it was almost like hitting a sponge. <laughs> you know, he was able to absorb the hit, give ground, and kept going. So it wasn't where I was loading up for a, for a big, powerful hit, and it was also actually kind of like a give ground type of deal. So he was that's how good a greater back he was. And uh, Dwayne Joseph, another uh, former teammate of yours, he once told me that Barry Sanders was the toughest. What was it like trying to get him? Don't keep a lot of stats or things. The, the one I'm most proud of for me, NFL-wise, is I was – fortunate enough to play in 105 straight games. And that was a real big accomplishment for me. And the time when the, the first time I finally missed a game was I was trying to tackle Barry Sanders in the open field and he juked me and it was on a muddy field. And I went one way and my ankle went the other way and ended up missing two games. That was the first time I, in seven years, I missed a game through the injury was trying to tackle Barry Sanders. So when I finally got the plans to play with him, after I left the Bears, I was like, finally, that's one stress I don't have to worry about trying to tackle this guy twice a year. So I get it. Barry, Barry, Barry can make the thing about Barry, it wasn't about him running you over and things that how he could make you look really stupid and everybody's going to see it. So you're more worried about your, your rep after on the field with your teammates and players off the field because you knew at one point you're going to have to try to get him on the ground. Was there a favorite moment you had from your career in the NFL? Anything that stands out? Maybe a game? Gosh, that's good. It's been a while. That's a great, great question. Um, I, I, you know what? I, I, I guess just getting that first game against Seattle uh, under our belts, and we won. Was playing in my first NFL uh, official NFL game. We obviously played in the preseason, but getting that first game under my belt and playing at Soldier Field and we winning was like a sense of like I, you know, I can play. I, it's a sense of accomplishment. It was just a, a, a honor. Uh, to get that to, to get that first game under your belt and play, and and then you know reaching, I was able to play eleven years, but getting to ten was a was a sense of like wow, I, I, you know being only one hundred and ninety pounds, I'm like gosh, I've lasted to ten years. Wow, okay, <laughs> I'm good. Knowing knowing that the average at that time was three and a half, I don't can't say it's gotten much higher than that since then. So uh, so getting 
getting 10 solid years in was, was with no major injuries was, was also very good. Uh, was a big accomplishment for me. I always wondered, because I remember there was a wide receiver with Tampa Bay named Mark Carey. Did you, did you guys ever get yeah. confused for uh, with each other? Oh, yeah. That's my cousin. You were second cousins. And the funniest time, uh, it's amazing how different things come back. One of the funniest incidents I remember when we first played each other, it's like you said, he's playing with the Tampa Bay. He's cup Mark was a couple years older than me. And, and uh, he had caught a pass, and I made a tackle. And over the loudspeaker, carrier on the catch, carrier on the tackle. And we both got to look at each other, smile and laugh. And so it was one of those incidents where it, it's it, – you don't know what it's going to be like until you actually go through it. And here's a chance where we finally, you know, get a chance to play each other. We finally meet and we know each other. We, our families uh, know each other from the same neck of the woods in Louisiana. And and at that point, you know, we both hear our names being called on the play. And we look up and just smile. Thought it was just funny. You know, it's just those little things in the NFL that you never know until you actually go through it. What was the transition like going from then to coaching? You coached with the Ravens, the Jets, and the Bengals. It was it was adjustment. It, I think one of the first thing that initially I initially bought in that I, I that I would tell guys today just because you play doesn't make you a good coach. It makes you understand what players go through. But uh, I had to learn to you know to 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 be a coach. I mean you you have to understand in coaching you. you you're prepping. You've got to understand the players you're dealing with. Now I got to now I got a sense of what coaches dealt with dealing with me. So that you've got to understand how to relate and communicate and teach your players. And everybody's a little different how they learn how they how they get the information. And you've got to adjust to that and figure out every player and what their strengths and weaknesses are. But you've got to also be able to communicate to them and help them put them in positions to win. You've got to adjust your game of half the time to what they are because you just can't do the square peg round hole thing that doesn't work you you've got to be able to relate and 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 just don't think just because you played 10 plus years and had success that you're going to be able you should you can go away with her and and coach it that's 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 a misconception that then that can get you kicked out you know get you fired or get you out of the league real fast because you've got to be able to understand and and there's and then the other things of you know game planning, watching film, breaking down film, uh, dissecting coverages, studying film, understanding, uh, uh, finding nuances, and so so many aspects that go into that. Yes, that that helping you be a player can help you do some of those things, but also teaching it is it's a lot different than just playing going out and playing just because you did it doesn't mean it should be easy for the next guy you've got to understand that and now you're the associate athletic director at Loyola what's that like for you that's great wanted to make sure I got it it's actually Loyola High School the Ramblers not the university they're both Ramblers and they're both dissected from the same Jesuit program but it's the it's a little high school but but it's been great I've been on a job since uh end of March start of April uh, the new school year is getting ready to start. Uh, people I've been working with, uh, uh, I, Vice President of Athletics, Genevieve Atwood, who's, uh, who runs our athletic department, and Jeremy Shoniker, and John Hosek, the football coach, and all, and Maggie, as well as Michelle. I, the, the athletic department's just been outstanding. They've been great. They've, they've allowed me to come in and, and, and been patient with me, but teaching me, but then also helping me learn the business behind the scenes, athletic department, what goes on, you know, how to you know schedule games and interview, can hire coaches and talk to parents and talk to, you know, relate to kids and get 
your game uh, facilities set up or when you don't have facilities set up, rescheduling. But, I mean, just a lot of the things that go on behind the scenes that, you know, we always, as, you know, as coach or parent, as players, take for granted because it's all set up by someone that all to get to the game, get it set up and get to play. It, you know, it has, there's a lot of time and effort goes into getting in. These people have been great for me and helping me. And I've just enjoyed being around kids again. And, and, and John lets me come out and, and, and when I have time to go and, and let me coach and work with the players and work with the defensive backs, so that's been great too. Going back to your college days, you went to USC and you were inducted to their Hall of Fame in 2006. What did that mean for you? What was that uh, honor like for you? I was shocked. I was uh, pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. Uh, I'm one of these guys. I, you know, I go and play for the love and, and, and being around teammates. See, if accolades come, good, bad, or indifferent, I know what it meant to me and it to be part of a, a great program, great institution like SC, and then to have the chance, and then to be be put in the Hall of Fame was was a great honor. I mean, because there's a lot of a lot of Hall of Famers in NFL as well as college that played at USC, and then for them to say, "Hey, you're you're worthy of of being put in because of things you've done during your time," just meant that hey, I mean, a very elite club that I feel very fortunate to be part of and I won't take for granted and can't think enough that people it always feels good when your peers recognize that you've done good things and they honor you for it and and that one was was a was a great honor for me and you went to high school in Long Beach and uh, you sent me that picture with you and Snoop did you guys ever cross paths back in the early 90s years yeah not not as much in the early 90s I've like as we got older I've I've gotten to be able to he was a few years about four years younger than me but he was good friends with you know I, I feel very proud you know I talk about SC but my high school Long Beach Poly as far as I know it still is is number one high school that puts has put out NFL players. And uh that's a that's a great honor. I think at one point in a five year span we had three rookies of the year at the NFL. So it, I mean that's how talk about playing in the pros and play with the Bears and playing USC, my high school has a good, has a lot of great tradition and not you know, not just new I mean Willie McGinnis I can uh play there after me. Uh Gene Washington played there Billie Jean King, the great tennis player, played the Carl Weathers, Apollo Creed. You know, when, you know, he just said Carl Weathers. Through. That's one of my all-time favorites. Apollo and Predator Paul, and everything. Apollo. He's a he's a poly he's a poly guy. So I so and there's uh, Deshaun Jackson who's playing today. Uh, Jarrell Casey who's playing today. I mean, there's and, uh, you know, there's a few more guys, but just uh, the, the level of talent that's come through that school. Over the years, I mean, it just can't get, uh, and I'm always, every time I see something that pumps it out there, some of the greatest high school who producing football talent, and I always send it, and every time I see it, I always post it, especially for my Florida brothers and my Texas brothers to let them know, hey, you guys are great, and you're, at, but there's, there's always, there's only one number one, and it's Long Beach Poly. <laughs> there it is, the LBC. <laughs> yep, the LBC. That's why I said I'm an I'm original LBC. Yeah. Speaking of Snoop, so do you have a favorite song of his? Wow. Oh, I mean, there's a lot to choose from, of course, but yeah, there's one I like. My wife won't like me saying that. Oh, that I won't say that one. But uh, <laughs> I, I think but I have an idea which one it is. Yeah, <laughs> For some reason, I, I think I know. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it, I mean, it starts with the first one, the G thing. Nothing but a G. Yeah, thing. That's, that was the one that put it on the map, and and for good reasons. 
it's funny when I watch that video, I know some of, some of those guys, you know, one, I know where they're filming in that too, knowing some of the guys in the video in the background that I went to school with. Yeah, that one, Gin and Juice, Deep Cover is another one that I always think of when I think yeah, of Snoop. Deep Cover is one of the original one. Yeah, that's the first one. That's kind of his first one that put him, put him on the spotlight. And then when his album came out in like 93, I guess was, that was the one that put him, took him to another level, stratosphere level. That had to be pretty cool because you're out on the West Coast and that's when the whole G-Funk era really kind of blew up. And you had Warren G and obviously Dr. Dre and NWA before that, King T, right. you know, stuff like Gangster, that. Yeah, when Gangster Rap took over, oh, I was at USC in the late 80s when Gangster Rap started. Uh, I was a big, 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 still am a big NWA fan. I uh, love Ice Cube as well as Snoop Dogg. But that was kind of when the SC, you know, it used to be an East, an East and West Coast thing for in the mid to early 90s with Death Row and Bad Boy Records. And then eventually with all those hideous deaths and things came about, everybody finally got rid of that. And now it's just music became more national. And and so it was much more uh, worldwide than one side of the coast, East, you know, one coast, West Coast. So that's that's one of the positive where it's more love respected around uh, instead of stupid non the stupid violence and East Coast, West Coast, even though there's still some rivals, fun rivalry, but now that back then it was a little more heated rivalry. Yeah, and I'm in Chicago, and it was kind of like we were in the middle. You know, you had Biggie on the East Coast and Tupac on the West and all that other stuff, and we kind of felt like neutral. We didn't really have a side, but it was kind of uh, awkward being in the middle of all that, and you're just, you just wanted it to kind of end and just get back to making good music, and unfortunately we lost two people uh, because of that yeah, nonsense. Yeah, that, 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 unfortunately, yeah, those guys had to sacrifice for us to realize how, you know, how stupid it was. and. I'm, you know, like I said, Snoop is a few years younger than me, and I've been fortunate. They were just in. I'm really close with this Warren G. I don't know if you heard of Warren G. Yeah, I saw Warren him. He G. did a concert here about a year ago. I mean, it was just taking me back hearing him do, you know, Regulators, of he course, was, uh, and this DJ and everything. Yeah, yeah, I'm very, I'm real close to him. Matter of fact, his son's playing corner at USC, and I, matter of fact, they were at the state fair. I get a text Friday afternoon. Hey, Mark. We're in Springfield for State Fair. Let us know if you want to come. I'm like, dude, that's like four hours away from here. I can't <laughs> get there. Even if I wanted to get there, unless you sit in a helicopter, it ain't happening. But I appreciate the offer. Uh, yeah, so they're, Warren and I, we speak probably a couple times a month. You know, I check, want to check on see how his son's doing and see how he's doing. And when I'm around, when I know they're coming in town, him or one of those guys, they'll put a call or like that and say, hey, we're coming in town. You want to come? And, I'll say yay or nay. So it's, I finally got my daughter, my son, and my wife involved. Now all of us at different times have got a chance to go see them perform, and they've all been great to me and my family. Long Beach, the family, everybody else. So we we all get to enjoy that. They get to enjoy that. My For years, my kids were like, yeah, right, Dad. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure you do. I'm like, I'm serious. <laughs> I know these guys. I really do. And they kept missing out on going on concerts. So finally, over the last few years, they've all finally, my son's gone a couple of times. My daughter kept missing because of college. And now she's, this past summer, she finally got a chance to go and take a picture with Uncle Snoop. So it's like, all right, everybody's done. Everybody's gone through. I like that Uncle Snoop. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Snoop. That's everybody. Everybody knows Uncle Snoop. I'll say this about Warren G. He's, he's very underrated as a producer. I mean, he's produced so many songs that people probably don't realize. I mean, stuff for Tupac no, and a yeah, lot of West Coast artists. Well, yeah, he's part of that, yeah, behind the scenes group that really, you know, he's a little DJ on the side and, and has done some, yeah, has been part of some of the songs, some of the bigger hits from the, uh, 
the West Coast rap, he's, he's had his hand in helping to produce some of those. Before I get back into football stuff, you said you're a bit of a movie buff. Are you into the Marvel movies, uh, or what kind of movies do you usually like? I, yeah, I am. I, I, you know, there's, I'm a kind of I'm twofold, two types of movies. I go ones with my wife, so a little more artistic, and then there's ones I go with, even by myself, where I go with. Because I know she doesn't want them, and two, there's not much thinking. So I've seen, I've seen all the Marvels for most of them. I think that I think they're starting to run that course is starting to run itself out because I don't think they can come up with so much more plots that you can come up with that keeps it interesting. But I've seen all of them. I've seen all the Star Wars. I've seen all the Friday Thirteenth. All Friday Thirteenth. Yeah, oh, you're, you're you're right up my alley now. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I've gone to Halloween's. I've seen. I've. I've I've watched, I've gone to all of them. A lot happened probably by myself because my wife's like, no, thank you. But uh, it's, the movies is my way of get, my way of getaway, just to go be with yourself and watch TV. and. Well, especially a horror movie by yourself. Movie. I mean, sure, that's... Sure. Oh, yeah. Well, like my <laughs> wife said, I'm a lonely guy. So, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it's just a way of, of, of just kind of just relaxing and taking your mind off of other things and just focusing on what you're for a couple hours of watching something that has no bearing on your life, but it just makes you feel relaxed. Now, some years ago, they had uh, Psycho. They were playing it at one of the theaters out here in uh, Schaumburg, and I went by myself, and it was crazy because I'm the only one in the theater, and, of course, when the shower scene happens, I'm like, ah, and it's like there's nobody else in there. I could have screamed as loud as I wanted, and nobody would have cared. But, yeah, seeing a horror movie by yourself, Mark, I I can relate. (laughs) There's been been a few times I've been, because when we go and doing training camps and stuff, when – we get it like an afternoon, like off like this. I would, you know, guys would just relax and sleep. And I would go find her the nearest movie theater and go watch movies. That's how I used to try to catch up on movies because it's just, I, I, it's one way of breaking the, the the routine and, you know, giving you just like, say, just getting out of the, getting out of your comfort zone and uh, get a break away from your, your, your constant, you know, a schedule. You know, if you've been around camps and things, everything is just so regimented. So going to the movies was a way of kind of breaking that routine a little bit, just giving you a break from the, the norm. And I'm definitely looking forward to this next Star Wars movie. Hopefully they uh, they end this trilogy with a nice send-off for the original cast members that were in the uh, first three that we all grew up watching. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I think Christmas, right? It's coming out, I think. Next yeah, the, Christmas. right, The Rise of Skywalker. I think it's uh, maybe a couple of days before Christmas. But, yeah, usually they Christmas. seem to come out around yeah, December. Start. Yeah. Yeah, so I got a little something to look forward to for Christmas. What do you think of uh, the Bears' chances this year? Obviously, preseason games, they haven't done too well, but nobody really puts any stake in wins and losses in the preseason. But from what they were last year with the great defense and really the kickers, the only thing that kind of kept them from moving on, what are your thoughts oh, yeah. on the Bears? Well, yeah, like anybody else, they, they, there's high, comes high, you know, great finishes last year, there's come high expectations, and they've got pretty much everybody coming back. I, I think the getting rid of Howard, I, I, I kind of I kind of questioned that. I just thought that guy was was a good player, especially for the red zone. I I, yeah, I would question what, the way they're playing Trubisky right now. I, I just think a guy with his experience or lack of, I you know, I understand you don't want to get him hurt. You want him ready for the regular season. I get all that. And if you're not going to play your main guys on the offensive line, then why put him out there? But, man, for them to take that next step, in my opinion, he's going to have to win you one or two games with his with his arm at one point or another, and and he needs the mo- he needs as many reps as he can get. So I'm just wondering. I know Mark Helfrich very well, the offensive coordinator. He and I coach together at Arizona State, so I have all the confidence in the world. But I just 
for a young quarterback who only had so many starts coming in. And it did relatively well, but eventually, especially in the winter months when you got to play in tough outdoors, as the Rams found out, you're going to have to win a game. Uh, the quarterback's going to have to win you, win you and come in and win your game here, and that's going to be a big deal. I mean, ask Jay Cutler. You know, you know, eventually, Jay, you're going to have to win us a game, here, right. buddy, and and to make it, you know, to to give an example. That, and that's what I think, Mitch. I think he's doing well. I think he's a good quarterback, but I, I just wonder: are, are they not playing him even in the preseason? Is helping stunning his growth to, to get better because eventually he's going to have to he's going to have to help them to get over the hump. He's going to have to win a game for him here and there. So, but I love Chuck Pagano. I coach with him too. I think he'll do well with this defense. He's got a lot of good toys to work with. They got a good foundation. So that the fact that they are favored to win, you know, and and have a chance to go, it's it's justified. They've got that. My big question mark is always going to be going in and say, how will the quarterback? Will he be able to step up when they need him as games get tighter to win them, win them, win to win a game? What he has to do with his arm? Yeah, so much folks has been on the kicker, but to be honest, you're right. The quarterback, if Trubisky can do what he's was drafted to do, and if he progresses like he has the first couple of years, then I think the sky's the limit for how good this team can be, especially with the defense that they have, and like you said, with Coach Pagano coming on board. All the pieces are there, just a matter of putting them together yep. and getting to that next yeah, round. And, inj- and injuries. Always, you got to always account for injuries going, especially that just in December. When you get down to December, who's the most – and you always look at the teams who are the most healthiest. are usually the ones who are usually going to be in the end who's going to help you win it. And, even, and someone said, you look at the quarterbacks in the last – when you get to the final four of both divisions, the final two, you look at the quarterbacks, and usually that's – going to be a big indicator of where you're at and obviously Brady makes a big difference Drew Brees makes you know makes a big difference that golf did a nice job on a costly penalty that gave him that chance to win but uh you know we talk about these young quarterbacks and how, and how good a job they're doing but it still boils down to the best and the guy in New England is still the best who are some of the other teams you think will be doing pretty well this year in the NFL or maybe who are some teams you think might be a disappointment that people are expecting big things from but might not make it to the playoffs when you say expectations and might not make the playoffs, I mean, you got to look at Cleveland. They've got everything there in front of them. They've got all the height and all the the fanfare. And, and they've looked like, you know, they've looked great in, in two preseason games without playing any of their, their main guys. But they're still a young team. they got a young, new, first-time head coach. And, and now you're, they're, you're, there are expectations that go with that. And to live up to that when one day you, even if you win a game and you barely win, you know, well, how come we only beat the Cincinnati Bengals by three points and we beat them by, you know, so how they hand, how the, the, the team, as well as the head coach, you know, how they handle expectations going in right now. Hey, they seem to be dealing with it. No problem. That's what we're all about. But I'm, I'm waiting to see again in crunch time. How they handle their pressure. So I, I'm 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 not sold on Cleveland yet. I got to see them go through it. Uh, I'm a, I I think Kansas City will still be back up there. The Chargers, even without uh, Gordon, I think Gordon is making a mistake. But I'm not here. I don't question anybody trying to get their money, especially a running back. But and I think he's overplaying his hand right about now. That team is just pretty good all the way around. It's not like Ezekiel Elliott, and and I. I'm one of those who feel I think Dallas would be fine, but I don't. Without that that monster 
as Zinke earlier in the backfield, I, I don't think they get over the hump. I think with them, they got a better chance because one of their big pet peeves going into last year was red zone. Well, how do you have a better red zone? Hey, Hand the ball off to that guy in the backfield, let him take it for you. Who can do that? And that, you know, that doesn't make a big deal. It doesn't come up in discussion yet until you start playing. So, um, I'm curious to see what the Steelers said. I mean, they still got Roethlisberger. They lost their, they lost Le'Veon Bell. They lost Aaron, uh, Antonio Brown. But this could be the year that where they, you know, the expectations aren't as high because of what they lost. But they go and they seem like, and I think Tomlin's a good coach. I, I see them, them having a, a rebound year. So, uh, those some of the, some of the, there's a lot of teams we've got to come. I'm waiting to see, and I, you know, it's Tampa and Tennessee with those two young quarterbacks that are going to finally make that step because those two guys are in their final year, and could they be? This could be their last year, or do they get the new deal? So we'll see what happens. And in week three, you're, you're doing a radio broadcast of the Packers-Broncos game, and that's a couple couple of teams there. You know, you got the Broncos with the new coach, Vic Fangio, and Flacco coming over from the Ravens, and the Packers are always pretty good. You you always expect something from them with Aaron Rodgers. What do you expect for that game? And, and also, uh, what do you think of doing broadcasting? How do you like doing that? I've been doing it off and on, gosh. And, you, know, you know, my background, even from college, is, is, is in broadcasting and so I've been, even when I was playing in my early years, I was doing radio here with WGN and, and doing broadcasting high school games when I got a chance. So it's always something I look forward to doing and then having opportunities off and on as I got older and doing the last year. So I, it, it's, I love radio because I don't have to worry about how I look. I just need to worry about how I sound and I got my information. So I can, <laughs> exactly. I can look scruffy. But as long as my information is intact and I got the gift of gab and I can, I can, I'm prepared and it's, it's, it's all good. There so, you go. Uh, uh, what I saw, I enjoy doing it because it's another way of still being part of the game without having to do all the blood, sweat, and tears. It's a physical part of it. Just now, it's just the fundamental part of my prep work. So I look forward to doing it. I'm you know, doing, you know, and and hey, I'm always a fan favorite when I go back to Green Bay. Those people still remember me and they still boo me. So I always <laughs> like that. And then the following, then the next week, I got to I get to do. I'm doing Bears Vikings here week four. So oh, is that right? About that game, and and that's alumni weekend too for Bears. So it's a it's it's a. I get to tie in all that and all the same weekend, so it's it's that's going to be a pretty good weekend too. I can't wait to hear how Mark Carrier sounds on the on the radio broadcasts of both of those games, but specifically Bears Vikings. That's going to be a big one. That's going to be a big one. Yeah, it's a big game. So just turn your volume down. That's all. Pretty loud. <laughs> but at least you get to wear what you want, like you said, right? I mean, you probably like a sports yeah, jacket. You'll have to bust out. I have to wear what I look like. What was in my preparation? My information's good to go. I'm good. <laughs> Man, Mark, I appreciate this, man. It was a huge thrill talking to you, dude. I mean, I've been a Bears fan ever since I was a little kid, and my mom got me to watch, you know, during the Super Bowl year. So to have you on my podcast, man, I, I can't thank you enough. This is this is a huge honor to get a chance to, to no. talk to you and talk football with you and, and, and Snoop Dogg and everything else, too. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. Yeah, I love talking music and movies. That's always fun. Oh, then if we throw football in there, so be it. Right, right. Oh, thanks so much, Mark. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for everything. We're going to be right. checking you out on the broadcasts with those two games you're talking about. Thanks again for coming on, and good luck with Loyola and everything you're doing there, too. Uh, thank you. I'm excited. Thank you very much. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. Okay. What up, What up, everybody listening? This is SB, the Chi-Town MC, and I'm here chilling with my man MJ on Infinite Banter, where we banter on and on and on, but it's always love. It's always that food for the soul, y'all. Peace. 
I haven't had a chance to talk about wrestling as much as I usually do. Just been sidetracked with, you know, having a two-month-old and, you know, wrestling at some points. WWE has kind of lost me, but they're starting to get my attention back, and that's why I'm talking about it now, as opposed to the last month or so where I really haven't given it much play at all. Uh, SummerSlam was last week. Pretty good. I mean, I don't think it was anything earth-shattering. I think the best thing to take away from it would be Bray Wyatt looking great and uh, really putting one over on Finn Balor. I mean, <laughs> Finn Balor is, you know, he's probably one of the most talented guys in, in wrestling, and uh, he essentially had no chance. And uh, that's how you've got to book Bray right now. Bray is a beast. He's coming in. He's a monster. He's a scary character. you got to build him up. you got to push him. And I hope that eventually there's a title run in the future here and they don't ruin this. As far as SummerSlam, there were some decent matches. You know, most of the matches were pretty good. The biggest thing, obviously, was Seth getting the title back from Brock. So no more Brock with the title. So we're kind of going back to Seth being champion again. We'll see how that works on Raw when Braun came out to help save Seth. I wouldn't be shocked if Braun would turn on Seth. He came out to help him on Raw last week. And I think they're setting something up there. But I don't know. Braun has been kind of, he's been built up, torn down, built up again, torn down. I don't know where they're going with him, but I wouldn't mind seeing him in the title picture. But Seth does need a new feud. I think Seth versus Brock has gotten stale. I don't know what they're going to do with Brock going forward. Maybe he'll start going after the SmackDown title and he'll not focus on the Universal title anymore. So yeah, the Becky Lynch match was pretty good and uh, seeing her beat Natty was good. But for the most part, SummerSlam, it wasn't the spectacle I was expecting. You had you had matches where Trish versus Charlotte, so you had like the past versus the present and that was kind of cool and it was a really nice match and cool to see Trish get that, uh, that applause and get her just due at the end of the match even though she had lost being in Canada and everything. You know, nothing earth-shattering. I, like I said, the main thing was that Seth got the belt back. Kofi, Becky, they retained their titles, so nothing really crazy there. Usually SummerSlam is built up as like the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. And it was a very solid pay-per-view, but it didn't feel like it was on the same level as, like, say, WrestleMania. And Roy Rumble is still my favorite, regardless of what anybody tells you. that That is the best pay-per-view that they have going. And in Survivor Series is the next big one. Now, also, they've got Clash of Champions coming up. They've also announced there's going to be a King of the Ring tournament, which is really cool. And then with the passing of Harley Race recently, I don't know if that's part of the reason why they've rejuvenated this, but uh, I can't complain when I saw the matchups. I mean, usually, you know, the last time they did this was a lot of jobbers. You had like R-Truth and Wade Barrett going at it. And Wade Barrett ended up winning it, but it didn't seem to matter. I mean, nobody even remembers his run as king, but this one you got guys like Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe. Cedric Alexander, even though he hasn't had a lot of wins, he's definitely getting a little minor push. The Miz is in the tournament. So there's a lot of a lot of bigger names. And it'll be interesting to see who wins a Drew McIntyre. I, I could see him pulling it off. So that, that'll be interesting. But one of the biggest things that came out of this this last couple of days with SmackDown and Raw was that Sasha came back. And I couldn't be happier, man. She's full heel. She came out with the pink hair, took off the wig, and it revealed she had the blue hair underneath. Becky came out, tried to I'm not sure why Becky came out, to be honest. I mean, her and Natty just had a match, so they're not necessarily allies. But she came out to try to attempt to take on Sasha, and Sasha had her way with her, beat her up pretty good, hit her with a chair. I think I read somewhere that she might have hurt Becky. I'm not sure exactly. So anyway, really cool to see Sasha coming back. It's been a long time since she's been in WWE. It's been since WrestleMania, since they lost the tag belts. So we'll see where she goes with this character going forward. She is definitely heel. And I like this new take on Sasha, just like Bray Wyatt. You take somebody who was, who was pretty much over with the crowd, but they didn't really do anything with them. 
So you almost had to kind of take them away, build them back up, do something new with them, create that mystique. And when they come back, it's a fresh new thing. Even though Sasha, other than the hair, I can't necessarily say she's different. Uh, I mean, she is a heel, but she was kind of a heel when she first came to the main roster anyway. She was kind of a heel when she came to the main roster as it was, but she wasn't like this. So let's see where they go with it. Really excited to see the future of WWE. And uh, this is this is good. This is a lot better. Thank you for doing something better with your product. I still would like to see something happen with some of the talent that never gets on TV. Shinsuke Nakamura wasn't even at SummerSlam. I mean, how do you have an IC belt not even not even defended on one of your major pay-per-views? That aside, at least they're doing big things. They've got Gallows and Anderson doing something. Finally, there's progress. I just like to see more of the names that haven't been used get that push. I don't know what the hell they're doing with Elias. He's essentially a nobody right now. But big up for that Buddy Murphy-Roman Reigns match. And there's a lot of people who don't like Roman Reigns. They shit on him all the time. And I'm just going to say this. That dude helped put Buddy Murphy over, even though Buddy Murphy lost. That was a hell of a match. And if you don't like that match, then why do you still watch wrestling? Because that was really great. So big up to Roman Reigns and Buddy Murphy for putting together one of the better matches I've seen in a while on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, I'm excited for the future of it. I hope things get better and uh, accelerate to get even bigger and greater. And let's not fall back to the old ways of doing things. And I'd be fine if Shane got the hell out of there. He stopped seeing Shane every week. But, you know, what are you going to do? He's he's their, one of their big heels right now. So I don't see him necessarily going away right at this moment. The, the murder of Roman Reigns has not yet happened. We're still trying to figure out who did it. I joked on our wrestling Facebook page that it was Colonel Mustard in the, I think it said the library with the uh, candlestick. I'm not sure what I said, what weapon he used. But anyway, it looks like it's Rowan and Brian, or maybe it's not. It's going back and forth. So looking forward to seeing Raw and SmackDown this week. This is Shazam McKenzie, and you're listening to the Infinite Banter Podcast. Time for you to leave, assholes. All right, Kirk said it's time to go, but a couple things before I get out of here. I forgot to mention this last week, 8th of August. It was four years since Sean Price had passed. His mural, which is in Crown Heights, located at Kingston Avenue and Burgeon Street. And the mural's future is now in jeopardy, according to what I'm reading here on AmbrosiaForHeads.com. So the building that the mural was on has been sold, and the new owner is, I guess, talking about covering the mural. And there's been a lot of people coming out after that and saying, no, you can't do that. And there's been a petition online, and he's gotten a lot of flack about it. And they're being caught. They're about to paint over his mural. And it looks like... For now, it's stopped, and hopefully this doesn't go any further. So the good news is it hasn't been painted over yet. There's been enough blowback for the new owner of the building about doing any kind of whitewashing of Sean Price's mural. So, so far, so good. It hasn't gone down, and there's a lot of people fighting against this. So let's hope that it stays up there. I haven't been in New York in a long time. I would hope for it to stay there, remember Sean Price, and if I ever get a chance to go out to New York, i definitely definitely want to check it out it's uh looks like a really cool mural and i've always wanted to see it so i really hope that this does not come down and you know go online sign petitions do whatever you got to do to make sure this doesn't come down do what you can and if you're in the new york area go check it out before it does come down and uh, one last thing um, as i'm doing the podcast here and i had no idea this is kind of like when bushwick passed uh, apparently former bear running back he played with the Bengals a little bit he was on the 06 bears team that went to the super bowl in 07 uh, Cedric Benson apparently has passed away. Uh, the running back uh, died in a motorcycle crash. Man, he was only 36 years old. So when I was talking to Mark Carrier, I had no idea this had happened. I, I'm just reading it as I'm doing the podcast now. So 
Um, you know, rest in peace to Cedric Benson. I remember when he was drafted by the Bears, he was looked at as a running back of the future. Uh, didn't necessarily work out here, and he had some good years with the Bengals. But um, unfortunately, wow, that's just that's just too young. I'm really really sad to read that. So uh, condolences go out to Cedric Benson and his family. Rest in peace. Yeah, that's that's just tough news to to read that before I sign off here. Once again, thanks to Mark Carrier for coming on. Check him out. He's going to be doing radio broadcasts of the Week 3 game with the Broncos and the Packers. He said here he's going to do the Vikings and Bears game on the radio broadcast. So check him out there, and I really appreciate him coming on and talking about his career in the NFL and a little bit about Snoop Dogg and West Coast Hip Hop. So that was awesome, too. As always, find the show on Twitter at Infinite Banter, same as Facebook. Instagram, you can bother me at DJ Soundwave 75. And as always, you can find us at the usual places, podcast.com, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Mixcloud, Google Play, CastBox, Blueberry, Stitcher, Spotify, and now on Chartable. So, all right, thanks for checking out the show. Uh, the next one I do, I will do two of my top 10 MCs. I'm starting at 10, so I'll do 10 and 9 on the next episode, and I'll get down to number one eventually. I'm struggling with it, man. This is not easy. It's I've got a bunch of names, but I don't know how to rearrange them and how to order them and who goes where, and there's a lot of arguments for who goes where and who doesn't. There's a couple names I am not putting on here that people will be shocked at. Um, and just for the record, Little Wayne is zero chance of being on there. So, all right, that's it. Thanks for checking out Infinite Banter. I really appreciate it. I'll catch you guys next time. I'm out. <laughs>